If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. Warwick Davis returns as Willow on Disney+, Plus, but can the new series recapture the magic? I've got my thoughts right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to my thoughts on Willow, the new original series streaming starting last night slash this morning on Disney+. Plus. The first two episodes came out last night, but I'll actually be talking about my impressions from the first seven episodes, which were sent to critics for review. But don't worry, I won't be spoiling either the two episodes that have already aired or big things from the seven that have already come out. Instead, these are just going to be my general thoughts on the series. And when it comes to the original Willow film, even though it came out in 1988 when I was five years old, which is like your most impressionable phase ever, I've never been the biggest fan of Willow in general. And it's not that I really have anything against the movie, per se. It's just that high fantasy has always been a little hit or miss for me. For example, I love the Lord of the Rings films, but movies like The Dark Crystal or The NeverEnding Story have always left me a little bit cold. It's not a criticism on any particular movie. It's just my personal preference when it comes to the genre. But I do understand why so many of the people that grew up around the same time as I did and in generations after enjoy those movies. And it also largely comes down not only to genre, but also to character and story. Willow was created by Jonathan Kasdan, who last wrote Solo, A Star Wars Story. Kasdan is one of eight credited writers on the series, which is largely a platoon of TV writers with various credits to their names. And I think that the writing, and we'll get into this a little bit more later on, is where Willow is the weakest. It often does feel like it is written by committee, and it feels like a watered-down, paint-by-numbers version of what people would expect from fantasy. The show also employs a platoon of directors, four different directors, that each direct two consecutive episodes, and I will say that Willow is a stunning-looking show, mixing practical locations, special and practical effects, gorgeous scenery, and creative production design to expand the world that we were introduced to back in the 80s and build upon it. Each episode of Willow brings a different setting, and each one of those settings is vibrant and interesting. Willow is also a really well-cast show, and that starts with the legacy character of legacy characters, which is Warwick Davis returning as the title character of Willow. Obviously, Davis is a big reason why the love for the character has endured so much over the last few decades, and he is fantastic for what he gets to do. But Willow often takes a backseat to the other characters in the show and largely plays the mentor role for many of the episodes. And looking at what I've seen so far of the show, this could almost have been titled Willow and Friends, and it may have been a more accurate description of what you actually get on this show. Davis is good in that mentor role as the character who's already been on the adventure and knows how to do the magic and is trying to teach this to a new generation, but it's when the show allows Davis's natural charisma and humor and comedic timing to shine through that the show really takes off, and I don't feel like the show lets that shine through quite enough. There are several new characters to meet, including Kit, the daughter of Mad Mardigan and Sorsha, and Princess of Tyr Aslin, who bucks what's expected of her to set out in search of her brother, the kidnapped Prince Eric. Kit is played with great confidence by Ruby Cruz, who is a standout on HBO's Mayor of Easttown. It's Princess Taramis. Secretly entered the tournament to fight for herself, to choose her own future. 
Joining Kit to find her brother is Graydon Haster, Prince of Tiraslene's frenemy neighbor Galadorn, also looking to prove his worth, Graydon is played by all-around great guy Tony Revolori. Adding a Jack Sparrow-type presence is Borman, played by Amar Chada Patel, a roguish outlaw who may also know where Mad Mardigan, who's been missing for years, could actually be located. Aaron Kellyman, who's contractually obligated to have a supporting role in every Disney-affiliated franchise, plays Jade, Kit's sparring partner and confidant. Ellie Bamber also joins the crew as Dove, a young kitchen maid who's fallen in love with Prince Eric and wants to see his safe return home. Also critical to the story is Alora Dannon, who is the baby from the Willow movie. Disney asked us not to spoil the identity of Alora Dannon, so I won't say who it is, but I will say that if you've already watched the first two episodes that came out earlier this morning, then you already know who it is. And if you haven't watched it, well, they don't really prolong that mystery for very long. Also popping up are a few familiar faces, both that you may have seen in the first Willow movie and maybe some new faces playing new characters. They've been in the news and in trailers, etc. but I won't spoil it here because it is fun to see them when you least expect them. I will say that the big cameo that a lot of people might be expecting has not happened and isn't likely to happen, at least through the first seven episodes, but I also haven't seen the finale, so you never know what exactly is going to go down as they wrap up this season. Together, many of these characters form a group, a fellowship, if you will, to set out across uncharted lands to find a special weapon that will allow Alora Dannon to fulfill her destiny and defeat the Crone, the big bad looking to cover all the world in darkness. In other words, Willow is pretty much Fantasy 101. Your brother's alive, a prisoner of the Withered Crone, who dwells in Immemorial City that lies beyond the Shattered Sea. The four who came to Tira's Lean are her servants. I was thinking about the show and my different thoughts on it, and I realized that this show is pretty much in like the geographical middle. If you were to map out my feelings for Andor, which just wrapped up on Disney+, Plus, which is a show that I loved, and The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon, which I haven't done my full review for, but which I didn't care for, at least largely didn't care for. It's almost bizarre how right in the middle Willow is between those two shows, because I think it combines the best of Andor and the worst of The Rings of Power. On the positive side, the show looks fantastic, fantastic from every angle. So much thought was put into the design of the show, the lighting, the locations, the visual effects. It's all top-notch, and it makes the fantasy world of Willow one of the most compelling and interesting worlds that I've seen in a fantasy movie or show, or really any movie or show, in quite some time. The performances are also pretty solid all around, and the cast is likable. They don't write the scripts, and each one of these actors is doing their best to transcend the words that are written on the page. But the weakest part of this show is the writing, which is kind of an important thing to get right. I thought that it strayed far too often into cliche and stock dialogue. None of the characters themselves, as far as their archetypes, are particularly original. And even the ones that are, like Willow, are too often kind of shoved into the background in order to tick off another box on the fantasy checklist. The story structure is also what I call a and-then tale. That's not a criticism so much as it is a statement of preference. While there is one overarching quest, every episode is in many aspects self-contained, which requires a new contrivance every single time in order for the group to get into trouble again. I prefer storytelling that's a little more linear, that's not necessarily about, and then that happened, and then that happened, and then that happened, but again, I know that that's also a convention of the fantasy genre. In many ways, the Lord of the Rings films are like that, although not quite as much as I think this series 
series is. Another choice that's also chalked up to personal preference is the decision to underscore a lot of the show with pop music or modern music. And it's really usually just the last part of every episode. Something happens, there's some kind of a reveal, and then we get either an old song or a cover of like a 90s song. But it's really the only place that we hear modern music in the entire series. And it actually broke the immersion for me. It almost seemed like they were trying to take the easy way out to create atmosphere or an admiration for the series by tapping into these songs that a lot of the people in the audience already know and love. It was an odd choice and it's something that recurs across the entire length of the series. As I mentioned, Disney sent the first seven episodes out to critics to screen, leaving only the finale out. And if you watch the first two episodes of the show and liked what you saw, then the rest of the series is more of the same. It is encouraging that Disney didn't just take the brand name of Willow for granted and phone in a limited series. There's a lot of actual thought behind the production of the show, and you can tell that the people making it wanted to deliver something that truly looked and felt fantastical. It also delivers plenty of references to the original movie, as well as revisiting familiar faces and places for that hit of nostalgia. Willow is a show that under ordinary circumstances, I probably would not make appointment television. I doubt that I would even watch it week to week. I'd probably wait until it was done airing and then binge it in one or two sittings after the season was done. Even though there are cliffhangers from episode to episode, it just didn't have that hook for me that the best TV does. But it does have that sense of spectacle and a very likable cast, which goes a really long way. With less of either, I'm doubtful that it would be a recommendation for me, but the positives are enough for me to say, uh, why not? And it's entirely possible that if Willow is able to deliver a fantastic finale, then the show could go up a step or two in my estimation. Really, the holdback for me is the writing. I just feel like if they had had fewer writers on board or the same number of writers that could maybe rally around a more distinct creative vision, then the show would feel as special as it looks and as special as it's acted. As it is, it does have a bit of a generic feel, but it is rescued by the high highs. So those are my thoughts on Willow. As I mentioned, the first two episodes are now available to stream on Disney+. Plus. It will be coming out weekly until the eight-episode first season is wrapped up. What did you think? Did you watch those first two episodes? Are you looking forward to the rest of the series? Are you going to wait till it's over and decide to binge it all in one sitting? Let me know down in the comments below. And as always, thank you so much for watching the show. I'll be back very soon with more news, reviews, box office, and more. Until then, stay safe, and I'll see you next time. Bye.